Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to have you with us. Good to be with you, Dr. Paul. How are you doing? I'm doing fine and good. got a few things to talk about. Uh, the world has not fallen apart. Even though there's some days I read the news and I think, you know, I hope I'm wrong about having a little bit of optimism because I can read some stuff and it does look like the world's falling apart at times. But I, I have to go out and uh, just on a walk a uh, couple miles in the morning, I bump into quite a few people. They seem to be normal and, uh, and very friendly and uh, it doesn't look like they're anticipating the end of times tomorrow. So I have to go back and I said, well, it's, it's okay, we'll, we'll figure it out. We've had, uh -huh. we've had problems for a long time in this world. Uh, they're a lot, rather unique right now. They're a little bit different, but they're still very serious. There is not as much uh, militarism and killing, no, no uh, nuclear weapons being dropped and all. But uh, there's some real structural problems in, uh, in our economic and in our in political system, which uh, means that they have to be corrected or our conditions are going to get much worse. But uh, it's been strange things because we did a lot of talking two years ago. We were anticipating, and I think rightfully so, that there would be some economic problems uh, due to the mismanagement of the economy by the Federal Reserve. They, they, they were overstimulating with too much money and there would have to be a correction. But lo and behold, there was a virus came along and that was the excuse to expand credit like never before. And they've been doing that and they've been getting by, but they're not very good managers in the practice of medicine. Uh, they're, the government and bureaucrats can't do it. And we want to start off with talking about that because what it does is it, it invites profiteering. And the uh, corporatists come in and, uh, and, and, and they get involved in making money uh, and not morally speaking either. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a process where they can make some big bucks and right now we're starting to see that come out on, on some of the drugs that, which are not uh, controlled by the marketplace are extremely expensive and that's sort of what's, what's happening. There's a new one, Merck, I've heard of that company before, and, uh, and they're coming out and presenting a really good drug, you know, uh, even though it might not be uh, a whole lot different than ivermectin, but anyway, the announcement, great drugs, so uh, somebody did a little bit of calculation and it arrived on zero hedge and it said that uh, the, the Merck is charging 40 times the cost of manufacturing it. 17 bucks to charge it, $712 uh, to sell it. Now, you know, they say it was a very, very special drug and it was developed in the marketplace and there was a lot to worry about and they'd have to worry about lawsuits. No, they get a lot of subsidies in R&D from the government. At the, at the same time, they get exempt from any responsibility so they can skirt around it. And then it boils down and we'll have a couple examples of where what we're hearing going on in the media is sort of a, uh, a, a, a discussion about how to practice medicine who should get the drugs and what they should do, what should be the mixture, which is, is okay when they're practicing medicine and doctors are sorting things out and people have different answers to different problems. And that's worked a long time, but that's not the way it works now. This is, this is done politically, and I think we're starting to see more of it, but I guess uh, nobody should really be surprised that the pharmaceutical companies 
are making a lot of money and, uh, and they're really benefiting by the rules and the way it's set up with the government. Yeah, I think, Dr. Paul, when the history of this sad era is written, it will be one of absolute corruption. Uh, the corruption not only of the corporate sector, but the corporate sector's merger with government. We've already seen what's happened to Moderna's profits over this past year with their so-called vaccine. We also know that Pfizer is making billions upon billions of dollars, as is Johnson & Johnson with their so-called vaccines. Well, Merck wanted to get in on the action, and they had a little bit of a problem because they already have a patent on ivermectin. And so when people started using it and they claimed to success, uh, including Joe Rogan, uh, to treat uh, this virus, Merck was in a bind because, uh, of course, ivermectin uh, has been used on humans for decades. Uh, it's considered a very, very safe drug, but it also is used for parasitic infections uh, in farm animals. And so remember the FDA put out that tweet after Rogan uh, came back uh, in a couple of days after using ivermectin saying, hey, stop using these horse pills, y'all, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, and so Merck owns ivermectin, but there's not a lot of money to be made on a pill that costs a couple of bucks a pill. And so what did they do? They took a pill that they had been developing with the infusion of millions of dollars from the U.S. government. So that means that we paid for them to develop this drug. They come up with this new drug that they... A lot of people joke is not ivermectin, but sure looks like it. And in fact, it's used to treat encephalitis in horses. So there are a lot of similarities uh, to the other. And as you say, Dr. Paul, uh, it costs them, I think, 17 bucks to produce, and they're selling it for 700 bucks. So you can get your ivermectin for two bucks or 700 bucks. Uh, and Merck is thrilled. They're going to make record profits. They uh, project on this of uh, up to, I guess, $7 billion this coming year. So if this is not corruption, you know, Dr. Paul, I, don't, I really don't know what is. <laughs> you know, and one thing that seems to be expanding the principle is that if, if you're a big company and you can get people dependent or excited or scared, uh, that all of a sudden uh, you need it in a hurry and you have to get emergency approval and they can get that. But the other thing, wh whether it's social media, we hear, hear all that, they can get exempt, you know, you know from uh, pr prosecution uh, for, uh, uh, for any, any time of protection liability. And, uh, and they do this now with the drugs. And you may know the answer to this, Daniel, but my, my suspicion is that the biggest lobbyist in town, when you come to dollars in manufacturing of weapons, uh, I, I don't hear of any arms manufacturer getting sued because of the quality of their bombs that they make. <laughs> so, but once again, it's back to policy, whether it's the foreign policy and the military policy, whether it's the policy on how to practice medicine and all these things, it's out of the hands of the marketplace. And you, you know, letting the, letting the customer, the consumer and the patients, along with the doctors being allowed to practice medicine and uh, try to remember uh, an admonition that was given the world, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, uh, is that you, first you do no harm, you know, and that uh, it, it, if, if we did that, you know, the, the, uh, the whole thing would be so different when it be worked out uh, through, the, through the market. People say, oh, this is medicine. This is crucial. We need this in a hurry. Well, what if you're doing the wrong thing? Why hurry it up? 
So, so that's where we are, and, and of course, uh, uh, Merck, Merck's doing okay on this drug. Now, I, I will move on to the next one, unless you have another remark on Merck. No, the last thing I would just say, Dr. Paul, is where are our allies among progressives and even a lot of conservatives uh, that don't like these massive, huge profits on the backs of the taxpayers? And, and I hope they wake up, to, uh, honestly, Dr. Paul, and don't politicize everything as they've done in the past. So that's my final comment. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and our, our second comment uh, uh, dealing with uh, corporatism uh, comes up, uh, yeah, well, I have to be a little bit surprised at this, is uh, this uh, Garland, the Garland family. I mean, they're jurists and they're judges and they're beyond politics, and uh, we know that. But all of a sudden we find out that the daughter of, of uh, the attorney general is married to the person that developed the company and has the company. <laughs> Guess what his big business is? And the rules are that everybody has to teach it. And, and that is he does all these things on, uh, uh, you, you know, the... Uh, uh, the critical race theory, and he, he gets to sell all that, and believe me, that is a big business, and he makes a lot of money, but here it is, you know, once again, the corporations are involved there, and what are, what are they exempt, I mean, what, what has happened? You know, this is shifting too, because people, people are looking for alternative sources for education, but they took over this educational system, they took over the, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, education in our universities to, to, to teach us critical race theory and all this uh, social welfareism, and then they wonder why the teachers are doing this. So this is, uh, once again, there's somebody making a, a lot of bucks on there. Quite frankly, I was a little bit surprised that they, that they were involved in this business. Then it dawned on me, yeah, there's a lot of money. It's easy to have a marketplace uh, once it, the orders come down. And at, at the same time, aren't they talking about prosecuting people? who are speaking out against criti critical race theory. <laughs> they're, they're, no. they're talking about prosecuting these people. You're interrupting our free market business of providing the goods that they need to educate our children. And again, here we have corruption, corruption writ large. You know, as you say, the son-in-law of the Attorney General, and as a follow-up to our show yesterday, the Attorney General has uh, sent uh, a message to the FBI and to law enforcement around the country. You need to start looking into these parents who dare question what their school districts are teaching, look into them as potential domestic terrorists. Uh, it's very clear, it's a, it's a campaign of intimidation, uh, potential incarceration of innocent parents who are unhappy uh, with both the mask mandate and the teaching of critical race theory, of course has its roots in Marxism, Leninism. Uh, some parents may wanna teach that, but a lot of them don't. And so you scratch a little below the surface and as you say, his son-in-law sells the curriculum for critical race theory. And we looked a little bit deeper into it. And again, we saw this on Zero Hedge and Conservative Treehouse. Uh, each school district pays his company something on the order of a couple hundred thousand bucks to buy this curriculum and put this curriculum up. So you times that versus every school district in the country. And the, the, uh, the uh, Garland family is going to make some big bucks off of this. Uh, I wonder if anyone's going to speak up about this level of horrific uh, corruption. 
Well, there, there will be some, and we're going to encourage them, but sometimes it takes a while. You know, at the beginning of this whole epidemic, uh, you know, uh, there was a lot of intimidation, a lot of misunderstanding, and a lot of people, uh, including ourselves, we wanted to learn as much as we could about the pros and cons and what's going on out there. But uh, now I think it's, it's shifting. The attitude is shifting. But I do want to point out another thing that uh, has been complicated, you know, through, through the COVID and the treatment uh, uh, of COVID. And that has to do with a uh, hospital in Colorado where they were uh, denying, uh, uh, you, you know, organ transplants if you weren't vaccinated. And it reminds me of a family story because probably... It might have been 35 years ago. I don't have the exact number. My sister-in-law uh, had a uh, really a terminal illness with a heart problem, and a heart function. It just wasn't working. And she had been in and out of the hospital a long time. And then she was admitted. And they, were, they told her, they said, you know, uh, you can't leave here. Uh, and it was hard to, uh, even the way we deal with transplants, uh, it, it's not the market, and that's why we always have shortages. But anyway, they put her in and they kept her, and she got a heart transplant. And it turned out to be a miracle. It turned out that she was one of the biggest successes ever. And uh, she's lived for, you know, 40 years, you know, with this artificial heart, and she's had to take a lot of medications and all. And I was just thinking, what if, what if they were at that point uh, they, they, one of the statements I read is, well, a lot of these people, when they need these transplants, they're in bad shape anyway, and they're going to die shortly. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe they shouldn't be, de be the decider of when people die and maybe get the government out of the way and not have rationing. Rationing, whether it's just a general economic term for other things, which, which is around already and will get much worse as the prices get high, there'll be price regulation, then there's going to be scarcity, which we have, and then the government makes the difference, and then, then there's uh, rationing to try to distribute and try to do something the market can't do. So that's what they're going to do. They're saying, well, uh, we, don't, we don't think people should, uh, you, you know, ha have any, any treatment, can't have this type of surgery. But there'll be other surgery. What if you have a cancer that somebody say, well, you know, this cancer, uh, this is metastatic and, you know, uh, not many people get better from this. Well, why, who are they to decide this because they're running a government uh, medical program? Uh, that's beside the point. It, it's, it's tough making some of those decisions, but it's usually made a lot of times with the patient, with the patient's spouse, uh, with the hospital personnel, with the doctors, <coughs> and, they, and they make a decision on whether they're going to take this risk or not. But this idea that it'll be rationing by a sterile government that's going to say, well, you can't have this treatment, you can't be treated for your metastatic cancer, and you can't have your transplant uh, because it's uh, too risky and you're too sick. Yeah, well, not doing anything. That can make you pretty sick too. Well, it's even worse than just rationing, Dr. Paul, because the UC Health uh, in Colorado has said that if you do not take this shot, we will not give you an organ transplant. And according to the article which appeared in the Washington Post, uh, there was a woman in Colorado who needed the kidney transplant. Her kidneys were going out. Apparently she had something like 5% of kidney function left. And of course, as we know, you cannot survive without kidneys, uh, but she wasn't vaccinated. Uh, maybe she had uh, natural immunity. Maybe she didn't want to take the vaccine. But in whatever the case, the hospital said, no, you can't have a kidney 
because you won't take this shot. And this is careening uh, more toward, you know, will for murder of people by denying them an organ that they need. And their rationale was, well, people that aren't vaccinated that get COVID, they tend to die, so we're not gonna give you a kidney. Well, people who have no kidneys also tend to die. So this looks like a politicization of health, doing the bidding of the elites in Washington and elsewhere to deny people the care that they need to survive. We're getting doctors now who can make life or death decisions simply based on your vaccine status. And I think that is very chilling. It, it really, I think, recalls, Dr. Paul, some earlier eras where, as you say, <laughs> Uh, you know, healthcare was rationed according maybe to your ethnic background or something. This is this is bad news. Yes, it, it sure is. And but but you know, this is one example that we can point out, and it's the rationing or then the distribution of organs. But you can see the picture. But you know, that's this whole problem is getting pervasive because uh, the corporations uh, have been threatened and they're conditioned to be very, very dependent on the government. Now, the big corporations are already, already part of the government. That's not a problem for them. And they are always run by woke people, you know, and they do what the government tells them. But the rest, what, what if you're down on the ladder and you're uh, a teacher or all kinds of jobs, they say, well, you have to do it or you're gone. You're going to lose your job. So they threaten and intimidate people that they have to have to do this and, and to uh, or, or you're fired. The other thing is this one even worked less well. And that was uh, bribe them. Remember, they, they were offering a hundred bucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. People are so stupid. They're going to risk their life and everything else. I'll take the hundred bucks. Of course, most people were going to do it. But that didn't last too long because people got to thinking, well, I'm reading, I'm reading too much other stuff. I don't think it's I don't think that risk is worth a hundred dollars. And so I think it even went up to a thousand dollars. But, uh, you, you know, anybody that uh, I think they should decide about their own risk. Uh, I don't think the thousand dollars would be very tempting. And that, that, that is the other principle that we have to deal with is who should assume risk in a free society? Guess what? It should be the individual who has individual rights to make all decisions about their own body. And uh, it, it's as simple as that, but, but this, whole, this whole method that we're doing now and the use of this scaremongering with an epidemic and then also it interferes with advancing you know, a more wise approach to an epidemic or infections like this. You know, there's, there, there, we might approach the, a much more perfect way of treating these patients if we wouldn't have had it politicized. So uh, if you haven't guessed it, I don't have a lot of confidence in the politicians running a medical program. Yeah, that's it. And I, I guess if we're about done, uh, Dr. Paul, uh, we can, uh, uh, I can close out if you think. Do we have some more that we have to deal with? Or <laughs> uh, how, how about a quick mention on... Uh, on, the on a, article, right? There was yeah. a little bit of division in the administration. I thought that was a good sign uh, because some of the people in CDC and FTA uh, are disagreeing with the president uh, on, on what the practice of medicine should be like and who should get the shot first. And there's a division there and it isn't so much they're all over here and the other ones are right wing nutty conspirators and they're on the other side. Now it's within the administration, 
Yeah, the administration. Yeah. And that's going to get worse because if they have a failed system and, and they don't have, uh, have good medicine and they don't have truth on their side, it's not going to work. But it's terrible that we have to go through a period of time where the proof of uh, a, a poor set of treatments aren't working, uh, working well. Uh, a lot of people suffer in waiting for the proper care. Yeah, that was an interesting article in Politico, and I certainly encourage our viewers to have a look at it. It's easy to find. Uh, there's a big division within the administration because Fauci was really mad that the CDC panel, whose job it was to decide whether or not we should go for boosters, they said, you know what, it's probably not a good idea. Uh, and Fauci, who always pledged to, uh, to follow the science, said, I disagree. I don't care what you say. Uh, we're going to go for it. We're going to do it. And of course, that's what Biden wanted. We know that Fauci likes to do the bidding of Biden. So we have actual science uh, now in conflict with politicized science and the real question that no journalist seems to be interested in asking right now is why have we had three top top level resignations from the fda and the resignation of fauci's own boss within the past month and nobody is saying hmm what's going on here what's happening here so Maybe someone out there will get a little bit of interest in the mainstream media into looking at these fights that are going on, uh, according to Politico, behind the scenes within the administration. Okay, very good, uh, Daniel. And I'll go, I'll, I'll go ahead and make a closing statement now as well. Uh, you know, the uh, problems are there, and we obviously, uh, you know, are pointing those problems out. And then people say, well... Uh, what, what you do is you just get better bureaucrats, smarter bureaucrats, better politicians, more money, and all these other things. But they don't look at you know the, at the big picture. So the the question is: it, is it the ineptness of the bureaucrats, and whether and the bureaucrats can include uh, you know all the legal people, all the so-called experts in industry and uh, education and research, uh, and also that. Uh, they're, they're, they're just inept, you know, yes, they have titles and all, but they're inept in, in, in picking and choosing decisions. But uh, quite frankly, uh, there's another reason for that. Uh, some, of these, some of these things can't be solved by a committee. Uh, practices in medicine by a committee isn't a good way to do it. You can have a voluntary committee and you can have people together. You can have conferences and discuss things. But when, you, when it boils down, uh, for the most part, it has to be the doctor and the patient making a decision on what to do and how to handle it. And uh, this, this to me is the Im, 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 important thing. And the policy, though, is, uh, is Im, important. But it's back to this whole thing that I've mentioned many times, and that is everything that we do has a risk. Everything that we do is uh, discriminatory in many ways. Anything we eat, drink, how, we're, how we're, where we go, whether we smoke, whether we don't smoke, how, how we exercise, all these things, if you don't do one thing, you're discriminating against it, and you do the other thing. But who's going to make these decisions? Every individual uh, even in a relatively free society, are always making their own decisions on what to do. Unfortunately, the worse the government gets, generally the, the, the tough decisions are, what more should I be doing to resist the government for making us do things that make no sense to us? And that, that's the big, big job. 
But I, I still think we have enough freedom that we can speak out. And I think our numbers are growing. I think people are getting disgusted with lockdowns. And even though, even in these last month or two, we thought we were on a move away from all of that. And we point out all the successes. But then the next day you hear, you read, you read about a mayor coming up and said, oh, we're going to make it worse than ever. We're, we're going to punish you for that. And, and they literally are doing this. But uh, I'm also convinced that uh, their goal is, is uh, disruption and chaos in our cities. Why would they let the rioters tear up 20 major cities in our country, people getting killed and a lot of property uh, damaged and injuries occurring? Uh, and what, what do they do? Well, well defund, the, defund the police. But what if the regulations got to the point where uh, people... Uh, you, you know, didn't want to work at the hospital anymore because they, they didn't want to have their shot. Oh, with this, fire them. We'll fire them, even though they might have natural immunity. They're doing things backwards. You'd think you could convince people who are involved that there's a better way to do this. Now, does that mean that if you allow the market to work, that all of a sudden they're going to have perfect answers? No, they're going to be imperfect too. But most of the time, the damage done will be more local. A lot of times to the individual making the bad decision. But when the bureaucrats get in, when a Dr. Fauci makes a mistake, believe me, a lot of people can suffer from that. And that's, that's the big difference. And that's why you know, freedom is such, so superior over to the authoritarians who can't possibly know what the answers are. So if a lot of it is ignorance, a lot of it is power, a lot of it is money, but uh, and it gets confusing and it's complex, but for me, it's easy to figure out, well, what is the option? And that's not complicated. People should have their liberty to lead their life as they so choose, as long as they don't hurt people. And just think if everybody accepted that principle, no lying, cheating, stealing, or killing, and uh, nobody initiate that aggression. It would be a lot more peaceful, but we'd always still have some of those bad guys out there, too. And uh, certainly the right of self-defense should be protected and uh, things can, can be worked out. But right now, it's difficult to find out exactly who's helping whom because uh, you, have, uh, you, you have this whole notion that what you do is you, uh, if you're having a police department, you just defund the police, uh, take the police away from you. If you're having personnel problems in the, in the hospital because of a bad policy uh, what you do is uh, you fire them and uh, not let them come in and make more shortages uh, bu bureaucratic management it doesn't work that's collectivism it they try to put a smile on it is well it's not communism well it's socialistic it's authoritarianism and it's that is opposite of liberty and freedom of choice and the other reason why i am such a uh, a positive promoter of liberty is I think people enjoy themselves better. I think they have more self-respect. And besides, it's more practical. There's a much better community when people get to, to, you know, earn their own money, keep their own money, spend it the way they want, and they're void of all these regulations and things that, that come in by the authoritarians who know I will, what we need to do is take care of the poor. Well, free up the society, the, f the most prosperous societies ever have been the freest society. And yet they totally ignore that. Uh, but most of the time, those people who are very authoritarian and want to redistribute the wealth, guess who's at the top of the list to get the, top, the gravy? It's the people who are promoting these, uh, these type of programs. So 
it's available to us, and uh, I, I, I think the vehicles to get the message out of there, frustrating is no end, but, but still, we each have a responsibility to spread that message of liberty, and uh, I, I still think that's really our only option. Spreading a message with the rejection of initiation of force, and that is the best hope that we can have for achieving peace and prosperity. Thank you very much for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.